Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. And hello, everybody. Welcome to the Jets podcast preview show on 247sports.com. Week 14, the New York Jets. They are going to face again the Buffalo Bills on the road at New Era Stadium in Orchard Park, New York, Western New York. The New York Jets taking on the Buffalo Bills on the road along with Rick Lockland. I'm Daniel Feuerstein. Rick, um, you know, we all know what's going to happen here. The New York Jets want revenge for the blowout loss that they received from the Buffalo Bills a couple of weeks ago at MetLife Stadium. I think we hope that while we already know that the New York Jets are mathematically eliminated from the Thursday night victory by the Tennessee Titans over the Jacksonville Jaguars, still, though, the Jets are playing for pride. And to take care of their pride, they must return the favor to the Buffalo Bills. And look, really, the only player that I heard or from the interviews that I watched that seemed to be playing with an edge, that being Jabal Adams, I mean, he has throughout the year been a consistent leading force on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, he said this game with the Buffalo Bills, he called it personal. He said that there's no mistake about it, that these teams don't like each other. And despite the fact that they're not playing high-stakes game with playoff seating on the line, this is still a rivalry game and a game in which the Jets would love to return the favor for what the Bills did several weeks back in that 41-10 to romping at MetLife Stadium. And, you know, this is a Jet team riding a six-game losing streak, looking in the absolute worst way just to get a victory, just to build any type of positive momentum heading into next year. And we'll get into our predictions later, but I feel like Sam Darnold's going to get the offense a little shot in the arm. You know, you had some injuries still on the offensive side of the ball. You have uh, Isaiah Crowell still banged up. He was limited in practice. He's listed as questionable, as is Robbie Anderson. So if either one of those guys or, in worst-case scenario, neither one of them play, that's going to be a major hit to the Jets' chances this week. But I think that Sam Darnold is going to provide a little bit of energy enthusiasm to a Jet team that really offensively has struggled to move the ball and score inside the red zone with regularity. And you just hope and would hope and pray that you have more players like Jamal Adams that are just showing that energy, that enthusiasm, that grit, despite the fact that playoffs are out of question. You just want to see these guys play for pride, play well, and hopefully snap that winning streak. And unfortunately, there's just not enough guys like Jamal Adams in that locker room. And I think that's part of the reason why the Jets, along with terrible coaching and some questionable decisions by the front office, that's part of the reason why they're sitting at 3-9 and nine and in the cellar of the AFC East. That is very true, Rick. And at the same time, the Jets are 0-4 in divisional play. Swept by the Dolphins, uh, blown out by the Bills, tough loss at home against New England Patriots. They have at least two chances to earn a divisional win that will be this coming Sunday at New Era Stadium in West, Western New York in Orchard Park. 
And, of course, the final game of the regular season, another road trip to finish off another bad season up at Foxborough at Gillette Stadium. So we'll have to uh, wait and see uh, what's going to happen here. But I will say this, Rick, at the moment uh, for the Jets, while you think they should be able to gain some form of revenge, the truth is no matter what happens in a season or any NFL season, this is the team the Jets have been historically known for to have an issue getting wins, any form of a win, over at New Era Field, uh, Rich Stadium, whichever name that stadium has had. Uh, you know, that place has been a jinx to them. There's no question. I mean, whether it was Rex Ryan as head coach, Doug Marone as head coach, of course now you have Sean McDermott up there who really is an excellent defensive-minded coach. You know, he clearly is still trying to figure out his quarterback situation with Josh Allen returning to the lineup. And Allen, I feel like, is very much an underrated player. I think he's had some injuries that have set him back so far this year. I mean, last week uh, against the – uh, when he was able to rush for over 100 yards. It was just unbelievable for them to have a fantastic game like that in a close loss to Miami. You know, from a completion standpoint, only completed 54% of his passes, but rushing nine attempts for 135 yards, uh, including a 15-yard-per-carry average. To me, this game is going to be won and lost with the Jets' ability or inability to stop their running game. We know what LaShawn McCoy can do, but Josh Allen getting outside the pocket, making plays with his legs and making teams pay, that to me is going to be the determining factor. And he's a big guy, six foot five, 237 pounds, so it's surprising that he is such a threat in the open field. But if the Jets don't have a quarterback spy on him, if they apply pressure in the wrong situations, he can get out and make some plays at this stage in his career, even more so with his legs than possibly his arm. So if the Jets are able to rush and stay in their lanes, not allow him to escape out of the pocket and force him to be strictly a pocket quarterback and at least contain LaShawn McCoy, you can't let him run wild like he did in the earlier meeting at the Meadowlands. The Jets are able to do those two things they're going to be right in this game up until the end. But, again, if Sean McCoy gets loose, if you have Josh Allen scrambling outside the pocket, running free, this I'm not going to say it's going to be 41-10 to 10 again, but I really think that this could get into blowout territory and be a game that's completely out of hand as the Jets look towards the midway point of the fourth quarter. They could be trailing by 17 or 20 points when it's all said and done. It's very true, Rick, and you know what? This is what we've been waiting for here in the AFC East. we got the kid from Wyoming and Josh Allen facing the kid from USC and Sam Darnold. We were all hoping to see this battle at MetLife Stadium. Sadly, it was the battle of uh, the aging veteran backup uh, in Josh McCown and the unknown quarterback in Matt Barkley, and uh, we know who won that one. So far, but this should be an exciting matchup for the Jets and the Bills because both Allen and Darnold will be ready behind center. But the one thing I'm really disappointed in on the Jets side of things, Rick, Todd Bowles would still not inform the New York Jet media who's going to be the starting quarterback this Sunday. I, I mean, I don't understand why there has to be secrecy of who's going to start the game. It's really simple. 
Darnold practiced this whole week. Apparently, he's looked good. He's been able to train. He's been able to step off on that injured foot perfectly. I mean, I don't understand why Bowles is playing games about who is or who isn't the starting quarterback. Why is he keeping everything mum? I don't understand it. And sadly, this is what happens when you know your job is on the line and you're going to pull these silly, stupid games. Just let tell us, Todd. Just tell us. Sam Darnold is the starting quarterback for Week 14. And look, I'm not going to kill Todd Bowles for that because he's been consistent from the day he arrived in New York. That's been his M.O., that he doesn't want to give an opponent any competitive advantage, even if it's crystal clear, clear as day, who the starting quarterback is going to be. You won't, under any circumstance, hear Todd Bowles mention that to the media or make that clear to his opponent. It's just his philosophy. I don't, I don't necessarily agree with it. I mean, we've seen that team up in Foxborough for, it seems like, 20 years now. You have Tom injury, Tom. Brady, I should say, on the injury report with these mysterious foot injuries or shoulder injuries that, you know, pretty much are made up to at least make the opponent second guess whether he's going to play. So, again, it's a tactic. It's a strategy. I would understand if the Jets are in the thick of an AFC wildcard hunt and he wants to just get that little bit of an advantage where the team has to prepare for both quarterbacks, something the Jets did not do against the Cleveland Browns and Baker Mayfield came in, but that's another story. But again, this has been Todd Bowles' MO since the day he arrived in New York. I think, frankly, it's a little bit overkill at this point. Everyone in the world, including everybody in that building in Buffalo, knows that Sam Darnold is ready to go and he's going to be out there. But, you know, this is part of, I think, Todd Bowles' problem. He has not shown an ability to adapt, to adapt whether it's to this situation where it frankly makes him look silly that he's not announcing the quarterback to adapting as far as the X's and O's are concerned on the defensive side of the ball. And I think that is a major reason because Todd Bowles, he's been the same guy since he arrived with this team in 2015 and he hasn't grown into the job. He hasn't adapted to his personnel. He stayed in the same regimented philosophy and it's ultimately going to cost him his job. But again, Jet fans have a lot more to worry about if, you're talking to a Jet fan that just wants to see Sam Darnold finish on a high note, play well in this game, regardless of the results. You know, Sam Darnold can't control the, the Jets' run defense. He can't control how the secondary is going to uh, block up the, the passes from Josh Allen. All he can control is how he plays in this football game. And honestly, if he plays well, doesn't turn the football over, and, and at least throws one or two touchdowns, that's good enough in my book to at least have some reason for optimism heading into next year. Yep, that is very, very true, Rick, and we'll see what happens uh, when this offseason comes. Now, as we have seen so far, uh, you know, of course, writing that article for 24-7 Sports about who's been the better quarterback between the two rookies, you know, while you have to say that Donald has thrown a lot more than what Allen has the truth of the matter is I think Darnold has probably the edge not so much in the stats but more so with who he's being uh you know teamed up with where's the veteran quarterback that Josh Allen needs to help him go along the way in the NFL right there and then he has nobody I don't think he has anybody as a veteran of this league, to go out there and to show him the ropes. And that's why 
I give the edge to Sam Darnold because why? It's very simple. Josh McCown, uh, the stature that he has, and everything he's been able to do in this league, of course, also uh, being a high school football coach uh, near his hometown, you know, this will probably be his last NFL season. And uh, as a professional, he'll probably move on into the coaching ranks, whether it's in the high school level or the NFL level. And, uh, you know, what he has done with Sam Darnold, I think, has to say been, I wouldn't say a miracle, but you have to say at least it's been a revelation to see Sam Darnold easing into the coaching ranks uh, while still wearing an NFL uniform. Yeah, there's no question. I mean, you saw from day one of training camp, the Jets had a three-quarterback race between Teddy Bridgewater, Sam Darnold, as well as Josh McCown. And you just saw an unprecedented camaraderie and uh, ability to help one another, despite the fact they were competing head-to-head. He's really, in his young career, is a very cerebral guy. You can tell, and I'll stand by this, I felt like between Mayfield, who, look, he may be fantastic. I don't doubt his ability. He's a big-arm quarterback. He makes plays outside the pocket. He's probably a lot more athletic than Sam Darnold is, but you know what? He's he's a little bit more slight in stature. I don't think he's a student of the game the way Sam Darnold is. I mean, there was even that coverage of hard knocks with the Cleveland Browns where Hugh Jackson was getting on Baker Mayfield for not showing up early. You know, you had Tyrod Taylor getting to the facility at 5.30 a.m. and Baker Mayfield would walk in 7.30, 8 o'clock, and the coaching staff said this isn't college anymore. He's going to have to step up his work ethic. He's going to have to put in extra time in the film room. And I'm not saying he's not willing to make that commitment, but I don't get the sense from Baker Mayfield that he's necessarily a cerebral quarterback. He's, he kind of reminds me of a, a backyard football player that when the play breaks down, he can make plays outside the pocket. And that's all good and well, and you can have a fair amount of success. But if you want to make deep runs into the playoffs and you want to get – to a Super Bowl and win a Super Bowl, uh, you have to study and understand this game inside and out to see what teams are doing to try to confuse you. And I think in that regard, Sam Darnold is far and away the most ready, a pro-ready of any of those quarterbacks. Josh Allen as well, who's a big-armed quarterback and throw the ball the length of the football field, is still trying to catch up on the mental side of things. That's where I think Sam Darnold is light years ahead of these other two quarterbacks. And I've just been so impressed with how he's been able to roll with the punches. He's taken accountability when he has not played well. And despite the fact that this is a season where the Jets really didn't build their roster around him, they have an offensive line that is in shambles, a wide receiver corpse that's been in and out of the lineup with their top targets in Quincy Inua and Robbie Anderson, and you don't hear any excuses from Darnold. He's even keel. He's the same guy after a 30-point win and a 30-point loss. And if you're a Jet fan, that's really all you can ask for out of your future quarterback. And now the mission becomes to surround him with the necessary weapons and protection on the offensive line and get him a coach that can put him in a, in a position to succeed and help develop him both mentally as a quarterback as well as physically to make him the best player he can be. And honestly, if the Jets are able to, in this offseason, put some of those pieces together and at least set him up for success, uh, the results will follow. And I think Jet fans would be very happy if they find that coach of the future, whoever it ends up being. Now, let's talk about the Buffalo Bills for a moment. And this kind of 
threw me off a little bit. This kind of threw me into a tizzy. Not so much that I expected this or you know didn't expect it, which I really did not expect it, but the Buffalo Bills all of a sudden released two wide receivers and Kelvin Benjamin and Andre Holmes before this game. Something tells me either these two did not work out well or maybe it's a salary cap dump. I don't know which one it is, but I found it really interesting and a bit questionable to see both these players being released before this matchup against the Jets. Yeah, that that was as shocking to me as it was to you. I mean, Kelvin Benjamin, of course, being released, he immediately was signed by the Kansas City Chiefs and a Chiefs team that, aside from Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, you know, they're looking for a third or fourth receiver just as insurance policy in case one of their guys goes down. So you keep a close eye on how he is able to help that Chiefs offense that has just been absolutely electric with Pat Mahomes throwing the football. And then you mentioned about Andre Holmes. He absolutely killed the Jets in the last outing at the Meadowlands. And for him uh, essentially to get released, he's picked up by the Denver Broncos, who of course lost uh, Emmanuel Sanders, who had an Achilles tear that will end his season effectively and may even make him miss a portion of next year. And for a Broncos team that, you know, following that loss to, uh, to the New York Jets, you thought that ultimately, uh, you know, they were going to be a team that was going to be top five draft pick. And they fought their, their way back all the way to 500 and to within striking distance of a playoff spot. And then they lost their top receiving threat. So uh, you kind of feel for Vance Joseph and his staff who, you know, you want to look at a comparison between a head coach and Vance Joseph that look like just like Todd Bowles, maybe even in a worse situation than Todd Bowles about five weeks ago after the Jets beat them, that he was almost assuredly going to get fired. As Lori on our podcast said, if, if that were to happen, that she was certain that he would get fired. And now look where he is. I mean, there are reports coming out now that his job is safe, that he's at least going to get another year to prove himself. And that's how quickly things can change in the NFL. And I think that's why Jet fans were so disappointed because you gave Todd Bowles every opportunity in the world to try to prove himself, to try to give Jet fans a reason to bring him back to the start of next year to, to at least give him one final opportunity to get this team into the playoffs once they pulled out of this rebuild. And he couldn't stabilize the season. He couldn't get it back on track. And now that they're in a six-game skid and a complete tailspin, you can't imagine playing a Buffalo Bills team that's just one game better than the Jets. They've just released their top two wide receivers. And in spite of that, I would still favor the Bills by uh, possibly seven to ten points in this game just because of how poorly the Jets have been playing. I have no faith in the Jets coaching staff. Sam Darnold coming back from injury. And it just shows you the sad state of affairs with the Jets that optimism is running low for the fan base. And frankly, this in the past would have been a very winnable game, but given the state of affairs, I don't like the Jets' chances of winning this football game. To be honest with you, I don't like their chances winning either. I mean, they have to prove to us. They have to prove to everybody that when the, you know, you got a lead, you keep the lead for the entire game for full quarters. You go behind in the game, you find a way to fight back, you find a way to gate to get the lead and keep it and win the game. Until that happens, Rick, I'm going along with you. I think they'll be competitive in this. I don't know if they'll last the entire 60 minutes uh, in this game, but the truth be told, 
I don't trust the Jets getting a victory here. They have to really come and surprise us. They have to come and surprise us, and they have to find a way to not lose their heads. But at the same time, the coaching staff has to put the Jets and their players into a position where they can win. And once again, Todd Bowles and his coaching staff, you know, they must find ways to make adjustments in the second half. If you make no adjustments in the second half, then you're doomed to lose again. And that is the issue that's going on. Now, as we already know, um, Jamal Adams, he wants revenge. Jamal Adams wants revenge for that blowout loss. I don't blame him for wanting that revenge. I think we all want to see the Jets gain revenge against the Buffalo Bills and get a victory. At least get a win in the division this year. But like we said, Everyone's got to be on the same page, not just with Jamal Adams, but with the coaching staff as well. And let's see what happens. But once again, it's good to see Jamal Adams. Some are saying, well, maybe he should stop uh, disrespecting uh, the the Jets organization. Uh, Even if he's not going to blame the coaching staff, some are saying or believing he's looking for a trade. I don't think he can look for a trade. I don't think uh, he'll be traded because he's a very important piece. And it's only been the second year in in his NFL uh you know career. I don't think deal. Daniel, I got to pass along some quick breaking news about the Jets and that uh, relates to Go. Darren Lee. He he has been suspended by the NFL for 4 games for fo- violating the league's policy and program for substance abuse. Uh, there's no details as far as what, you know, what, uh, whether this was a supplement, um, what the, what the issue is, but he has been suspended. So that effectively ends his season for one of the guys that was a Jets defensive leader, a guy that really you were hoping if you're a Jet fan is a top draft pick, a guy at Ohio state that had such promise, uh, for him to now serve this suspension, uh, if the season wasn't already over now, it's really going to take uh, a steep dip and uh, start its way into a crash landing. So this is just another blow to a Jets defense that really can't catch a break and a team overall that can't catch a break. So again, uh, I didn't like the Jets chances before this uh, suspension was announced. I certainly don't like them now that we've gotten wind of this suspension. And frankly, again, he, uh, Darren Lee is a guy that had only three sacks and 15 starts last year. Jet fans, he really caught the eye of the fan base. They were getting frustrated. They thought he was going to be the next Vernon Golston. And he really did bounce back this year. He had, of course, the interception return for a touchdown in the opener against the Detroit Lions. He only played in 12 games this year, had 43 total tackles, five passes defended, three interceptions, and, and that touchdown I mentioned so, to me, the Jets really have to chalk this up to a mistake. You hate to see these guys. They have to be educated on what they can put in their bodies, especially with all the money they have on the line with their contracts, with fans hoping and putting their expectations and their hopes with the fact that they're going to play on the field. This is just a really disappointing development for a guy that I really thought was taking that next step this year. And, frankly, he's going to come into training camp next season with a heck of a lot to prove because he could be stepping in with a new coaching staff, a new mindset, and he's going to have to start all over again to earn the trust and respect back from this Jets fan base. You know, Rick, I, I could I saw the potential of Darren Lee this year. Um, 
I allowed to uh, watch the first three, four games of this season to see how well, you know, he has been playing. And you know what? I thought we saw the real Darren Lee show up. He came in. He did great. He, you know, first pick six of the season in Detroit. And you know what? I got scoffed at when I wrote the article, obviously, by some fans of, you know, that follow us here on 247sports.com. But you know what? It goes to show you that he's had a very good year. He's had a great year. And now, we'll, you know, unfortunately now, he gets tagged for a four-game suspension that really ends his season. So, you know, that's one body that gets saved. But still, it's just hard to view and hard to see what Darren Lee just did. Now, hopefully, it's nothing terrible. Maybe it's a false positive. But sadly, though, it doesn't really matter. Darren Lee did this to himself as he did it to the Jets. And we're just going to have to just chalk it up and move forward and just say, skim ready for next year and don't even worry about Darren Lee for the rest of the season. Um, but I still believe he has improved himself. But no, I do not think that he is taking illegal uh, drugs or illegal substances to make his play better. It probably was a healthy uh, vitamin or at least a supplement. But sadly, something that seems to be good for you is all, whatever ingredients are in there, it's on the banned substance list for the NFL. So for Darren Lee, it's really tough to see that. Um, other than that, Rick, let me just say this. And I want to thank our listeners for the podcast and our fans uh, who read our articles for 247sports.com on the Jets page. Because you are following us and because you are dedicated to us. And at the same time, we want to thank the new readers and the new listeners for both the website and the fan page. You guys, we want to thank you for at least believing in what Rick Lachlan, what I do, what Michael Cohen does, and our other writers for 24-7 Sports on the Jets page. Thank you for doing your due diligence in reading our articles and listening to this podcast. We want to thank you. Our numbers have been great since we got started back uh, this past August before the preseason games began. And uh, once again, we just want to thank you for your, uh, your loyalty and your readership and your listenership, because without you guys, we wouldn't have done uh, all these great things for you as not just New York Jets fans, but we take writing about the Jets and talking about the Jets just as seriously as you guys do. Rick, your thoughts. Yeah, and just to echo those sentiments, I mean, for me, this has been just a fantastic experience. I mean, this season has been frustrating. I know Jet fans are not thrilled with how things have played out, but just the activity we've seen in the social media channels, the viewership, the passion that Jet fans are showing. And look, there are a lot of fan bases out there. If we were out in California, uh, covering the 49ers, I, I bet you there wouldn't be as many uh, fans out there trying to make suggestions, trying to figure out who that next head coach is. They would have probably already given up hope and, and turned their attention to the Golden State Warriors, but that's a testament to how loyal Jet fans are. And this season pains both Daniel, Michael, and I as well. I mean, we are, look, we write, we're unbiased in our opinion. We try to give our independent assessment of the team, but, you know, we are fans too. We want to see the team do well. 
And this season has just been a disaster from all accounts between Sam Darnold's injury, between Todd Bowles' mishandling of everything that he comes into contact with. But, you know, we are, we are so thrilled that we're able to share in these experiences with you. And I know personally I've gotten a lot of good feedback. I've gotten a lot of criticism on Facebook. And, and honestly, I think we – I'll take the good with the bad. I'll take somebody – making an opinion and disagreeing with what I have to say over somebody not reading the article or skimming over it entirely. So I'd urge all those fans out there to continue to voice your support or voice your disagreement with us. Of course, stay within the lines and, and don't, uh, you know, don't create any personal issues with anybody, but you know, I have no problem with people disagreeing with me. I want to run one thing by Daniel really quickly. I know I made a case for Rex Ryan as head coach. I made a case for Mike McCarthy as head coach. Uh, we had the detailed article about Bruce Arians already ruling himself out, said it only go to Cleveland. And, you know, the one article I wrote the other day, and I really feel like this could be the case, that Josh McDaniels and what, of course, Bill Belichick did to the Jets, spurned them, was one day the head coach, the next day in a backdoor deal with Robert Kraft to lead the organization. I feel like this would just be poetic justice if the Jets found a way to swoop in and take Josh McDaniels away from the Patriots. Because just like Belichick in New York, he was waiting for Parcells to retire, and that took so many years that he got impatient. And I think that's the same case with Josh McDaniels in, in New England, that he's going to wait for Belichick to retire. But I don't see him retiring anytime soon, and I see him staying there beyond when Tom Brady retires. What do you think, Daniel? You know what? Um, I just don't see Josh McDaniel leaving New England. I think he'll be patient enough when Bill Belichick calls a career, and then he'll take over. I don't think uh, – I mean, look, if, if you can take him away and becomes the next head coach for the Jets, that'd be great. But truth of the matter is this. Um, I think he's going to remain in New England, and I think he'll have more patience than what Bill Belichick had for uh, pay, you know, his little impatientness uh, waiting for uh, Bill Parcells to retire. But other than that, some news to let everybody know. Uh, this coming Monday for the review show, I will not be uh, available for it. Michael Cohen will be taking over my spot. So uh, just want to let everyone know for this coming Monday, 4 o'clock, for the Jets-Bills review podcast show for here, 247sports.com. It will be with Michael Cohen and with Rick Lachlan. But to let everybody know, this coming Sunday at 1 o'clock Eastern on WCBS Channel 2, the New York Jets will travel to take on the Buffalo Bills in western New York at Orchard Park, New York at New Era Stadium. So for Rick Lachlan, I'm Daniel Feuerstein. This has been the Jets Podcast Preview Show on 247sports.com through blogtalkradio.com. We will talk to you guys later. And I'll be back next Friday for the Week 15 Preview Podcast. Talk to you then. So long and bye-bye for now. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.